When this song first came out, I kept playing it over and over and over. I can't wait for his album. Can you turn up our microphones a little bit and the Dead man, dead man, dead man brought me back to life. Dead man, dead man, dead man brought me back to life. Dead man, dead man, dead man brought me back to life. Dead man, dead man, dead man, now I'm living twice. My mama boy. Tell him the real drop all on the gram. I'm just a fisher of man whenever my reels drop. And it don't stop. guys my name is eric and i am trey i mean every day and welcome back to the ep podcast episode 170 yes sir uh, yeah man so last week's episode was pretty heavy pretty deep um i just want to say i i hope that you guys can relate to that because it's a very touchy subject I, I realized that and that's why yeah. we put the dic- disclaimers and all of that and um i just if you are going through anything out there do not hesitate to reach out to the people around you and if you don't yeah. have anybody around you go get a therapist or something you know or talk like, to someone talk to somebody so yeah okay yes, moving on we still have sort of a serious thing going on somewhat no go ahead bro sorry oh uh so yeah there was a um there's a youtube channel called soft white underbelly some of y'all may know about them some of y'all may not uh it's a guy that does you know these interviews with people and stuff and there was one that i came across because i was watching ruslan's youtube channel and he did a reaction video to this video and hearing this guy's testimony is just like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I always say, and I've said on this podcast, it's always good to have a reminder of who God is and what he can do. You That's know? right. So that is what we are going to do. We're going to, you know, listen to this interview. And then Eric has another one that we're going to listen to also. And we're just going to kind of talk about it. We'll probably won't do the other one. No? <laughs> this one exactly. doesn't relate to this one. So okay. I had both my parents. Uh, my father was, uh, I would say my childhood was kind of like miserable, filled with distrust. My, my, my father was a uh, uh, drunk, alcoholic. Um, my mom was Taoist Buddhist. So, you know, it was kind of ran like a dictatorship. 
And, uh, you know, we were really young, and, and, and my dad would actually beat us, me and my brother and my mom. I sent my mom to the ICU a lot of times, a bunch of times. Uh, so it was very, very chaotic as a kid. Um, and I think, uh, you know, grew up around that type of environment where there was gangs, drugs, violence. Um, you know, we we're low income, not stereotypical Asian, but we didn't really have much money. Grew up around a lot of Hispanics. Uh, there was a lot of culture shock as well. Uh, parents are immigrants, so they didn't really, you know, um, know how to fit. No, sorry, bro. Oh, that's fine. That's Learn everything from the streets. You know, when I was young, I had a very peculiar mindset. I, I, I trusted in myself a lot because I felt like I couldn't trust my parents. Uh, one time, you know, I was 10 years old and I got jumped for the first time. Had my backpack stolen, had my, my, my shoes taken. Uh, Have you gotten jumped? I've never gotten jumped before. No. I got jumped once. I almost did. Grade. I almost got jumped once. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Went home and, and my father asked me, where is your backpack? Where is your stuff? And I said, you know, I, I got jumped by four Hispanics, you know, and he didn't believe me. He thought that I threw away my backpack. He thought that I wasn't trying to do good in school. So That's he beat crazy. me. I kind of went through a lot with, with the beatings and a lot of trauma. And so at the age of 12 years old, I actually joined a gang. Um, I joined the, the watchings. Chinese triad type of gang out in that area. Very big, big gang. So these um, are Asian gangs? Yes. A lot of Asian gangs out there. Um, we're very incognito, hush-hush, tight-lipped, but they do exist. And um, so I joined that at 12 years old. And a lot of people ask me, you know, why would you join that? You know, why would you join a gang, you know, at the age of 12? And a lot of people will say it's probably due to, you know, their broken home or a broken family or Pause drugs it. or violence, just the environment. For me, particularly, in my opinion, I noticed that... Because we're going to have to talk over it. We can't just, we can't really uh, just let it play the whole way through. We no, do have I know. To interrupt. So, so far, as you guys can hear, this guy grew up as a Buddhist monk. And, well, uh, his well, not monk. Was. His mom was. And not even monk, just like, well, I don't, I'm not sure how that works, but Buddhist. She practiced Buddhism. Whatever. <laughs> Not she, Buddhism. Bro. Yeah, that's that sounds kind of crazy. My bad. My apologies. Uh, Buddhism. She she practiced Buddhism, and um, you know he came from an abusive household, and you know pretty much all the odds against him. But what he's gonna get to hey, is yep. basically how he got introduced to God and stuff, and and what you know leading up to that and stuff, and. You know, like I said on last week's episode, I can kind of relate to what he went through. You know, I kind of grew up around gangs, kind of. You know, I have capped before and said, you know, lied about certain things, and I shouldn't have. Uh, but I'm, I, I realized that it's kind of stupid to have, like, a whole, like... Um, Gang. No, no, it's stupid to have a... A struggle competition like whose yeah. life was worse you know yeah. like because I feel like that's what I've done before in the past you know just tried to be like well my life was worse than yours and all that and it's like why compare struggles nobody wants to be in the struggle right. like regardless of how bad it was compared to somebody else's so I've kind of grew around kind of grew up around gangs and stuff it's way different in California 
uh, than North Carolina. So um, yeah, I feel like North Carolina is kind of yeah weak. Well, I'm not gonna say all that. <laughs> like, I'm kidding. Bro. Like Denise is from Gary, Indiana, and we were talking oh, the yo. other day, and she was like, North Carolina is kind of like a nicer Gary, Indiana, and I have to agree. Well, I don't know because I've never been to Indiana, so I, I can't heard really Indiana was kind of crazy. It's Gary specifically where she's from. Um, nice. So yeah, I, I mean it's way different being over there in California. A lot of you know people be capping and yeah. stuff there. But um, yeah, I came from an abusive household too, and you know, so I can kind of relate to some of the stuff that he's saying. But it gets crazier. So uh, it stemmed from trusting and believing myself. I thought that hold on, if I did everything I wanted to do, I would be happy. The so other having thing fun is, going out with gang. The other thing is, keep in mind when he's sitting, when he's saying, I trusted in myself, because that's going to tie in really, really well at the end, because he's, he's going to make a grand point. And I think it's something that a lot of us need to, uh, need to pay attention to. So, yeah, let me keep going. Stuff like that I thought was really fun. And the things that I didn't want to do, such as, you know, um, exercising, studying, doing homework, I didn't do. Because I thought if I did everything I wanted to do, I would be happy. And the things that I didn't want to do, I didn't do because I didn't think it would make me happy. So uh, I looked at the gang life and it, it started at the core of my heart. You know, I really wanted to be um, a gang member. I really wanted to, I looked up to those people. And so I joined that, that type of lifestyle. Uh, 12 months, I'm sorry, three months into it, at the age of 12, I caught my first case. Um, and that was originally a kidnapping slash robbery, but they dropped the charges down. Uh, at 12 years old. At 12, yeah. And ended up, um, it was with a group of people, of course, but ended up Crazy. Uh, catching the charge for dissuading a witness for the benefit of a gang. So uh, ended up going to YA, um, California Youth Authority. I was at SRCC first and then um, caught a couple fights in there, got written up. They call it level Bs and then ended up going to Fred C. Nellis, Nellis YA. <clears throat> and, you know, I was 12 years old. They gave me four years. Um, and when I was in YA, I, I learned a lot of like it cultivated the mindset to believe in myself even more. I really trusted myself because I had seen rapes. I had seen murders. I had seen stabbings. Fightings. I, I learned how to fight there. They call it gladiator school for a reason. You know, mm. you fight a lot. And um, I learned like the two second takeoff rule, meaning if you feel disrespected within two seconds, you have to handle it, whether it's stabbing them, fighting them, beating them up. Otherwise, Dang. you'll be labeled Pause a it. punk. Excuse my language. And see, that's the thing. Like, that's, that is something that I grew up with. Like, you cannot let somebody just disrespect you like that. Like, you have to like handle it, and that's that's the way that people say things should be handled. But it's always better to just walk away. Like as long as if somebody, bro, ins no, 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 if somebody verbally insults you, then it's whatever. But that's but when only they put their the hands on you. But bro. that's if you're in the streets. Well, yeah, that, that, and that's what I'm saying. I can't speak to like being yeah. in prison. I ain't never been to prison. Or, I've been or, to prison. You gotta do above well, and yeah, beyond. Too. Yeah, I know that. But I'm just saying, right. like, for the people, for those of us who are free on the outside, yeah. think about it before you end up on the inside. 
you know. So unless somebody put their hands on you, just walk away, you know. Aleva, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I did four years there, and it was really, really traumatic. And um, I get out, you know, 67 days, two months and a week. Uh, I catch my second case. This time I'm an adult. They try me as an adult. Uh, it's two counts of assault with deadly weapon. Um, again, it was it was supposed to be a robbery and attempted, but they dropped the charge down. I pled out. Um, they gave me 10 years, 85%, so eight and some change. Um, so, yeah, I get to prison, and it's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> it's... Uh, First off, I'm Chinese, so so being there, we were outnumbered. Um, it really was a racial thing, whereas in YA, it was more of gangbanging. It was a little bit of race, but you had to represent your your, your colors, represent your flag, represent your, your, your people. But when you go to prison, you have to drop your flag, you have to drop everything, and you have to represent the other car or the, 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 the race, right? So in there, I had to calm down because I was a YA baby. Um, I didn't know how to program. After about a year, I learned how to program the rules, the regulations, and everything, and I was able to uh, really start to kind of function in prison. Um, you know, I went through a lot of depression, um, so I had uh, seen some counselors in there. You know, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I was able to get my GED. I was able to get anger management, counseling, and um, everything looked on the up, but there was one thing that I really couldn't get rid of, and th it was this emptiness and this void I had felt inside of my heart. No matter what I did, I really couldn't um, overcome this emptiness and this void. And uh, it didn't matter what I did. You know, I just always felt this sadness and, and feeling inadequate as a human being. And so, you know, some of the, the older homies, the people in there, the, the, the people who kind of like represent us, they we usually look to them for advice so uh one of the older guys some old chinese dude he's like bro you should start reading you know and, and working out and, and kind of get your mind off of things because yeah. he noticed that i was kind of like an overthinker and um so i started reading i read the quran in there front to back three times <laughs> read the bible in there front to back two times that's crazy um and i mean know, it didn't really do anything for me honestly so um, I get out after doing my stretch. I parole out of CRC Norco, and um, I meet my mom, you know, and uh, she didn't really visit me much. She's an older lady. She didn't know how to navigate the correctional facilities and stuff like that, so she didn't really visit me. But I noticed a difference in my mom. You know, she had this, uh, this inner peace about her that I, I really didn't understand because Mind you, she's she has not just me, but my brother, two kids in prison um, who are incarcerated. Crazy. My di my brother did also twelve right. years, and um, she had she was still married to my father, her husband, who was still an abusive alcoholic person. She still lived in Section Eight. She still had you know all that trauma and, and, and stuff like that. Wow. But she had no circumstances to be happy. But I, I I realized that she was happier than I was, you know. And so I asked my mom, Mom, was it? Why are you so happy? You know, what what changed? And see, in relation to mentioned. in relation to last week, you see how when he said, like, she's still in an abusive relationship. She's still with, you know, the dad and stuff. Yeah. But she still has peace. Even in those circumstances. Because I, like I said, growing up in an abusive household, like, 
my sister's dad at any given moment could just start raising hell just out, for no reason. And I think drugs and stuff was a large part of that. Obviously, alcohol was uh, a part of uh, his dad's uh, abusive nature and stuff. And so, but the fact that she still had peace, mm. and that's because what he's going to get to is that she was going to church, she got saved and stuff. It's like, no matter the circumstance, you can have peace with God. Like as long as you know that the Holy Spirit is present, you know what Jesus did on did for you on the cross mm-hmm. and stuff, you can still have peace. I know it's difficult to have peace; it's easier said than done. But you also, you also the Bible says that you have to fight for peace, you know, and uh, you can't let people take your peace away, you know. So, yeah. And at that time, honestly, it's like I rolled up the car, the windows in the car. You know, I was like. I'm not trying to hear about that, mom. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm not. I don't believe in God. We we're raised Buddhist. I'm good. So she said, "Fair enough." You know, she didn't push. She didn't say anything. She just let me be. So, as I got out, I had that heart that I wanted to still do better and do good. You know, I had lived my my whole life doing bad things and following myself, trusting myself. So, uh, I wanted to get a job. I wanted to help my parents out. You know, and um, I tried to look for a job, but as a two-strike felon with a violent crime. Yeah, it wasn't happening. I, I applied for even like McDonald's, FedEx, UPS, all the places that they say they hire convicted felons. And I, I wasn't showing any love, honestly. But Damn, um, immediately I went back to the streets. You know, I started to sell drugs again. And at that time, you know, I was still on parole. So it was very risky looking over my shoulder. And I just felt like this was not something I could make a career out of. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, I devised this plan to actually rob a, a drug dealer, you know, because my thinking... <laughs> Which is crazy, is, bro. If I'm selling all these drugs, it's risky. But if I just rob someone who sells all the drugs, then I would inherit and, and gain a lot of money. So I had... I had insane. It was a friend of mine who was like my road dog. And I told him, hey, bro, let's, let's rob this dude. He's a well-known drug dealer in our area. Anyway, um, you know, I told him I was going to go to the right of the car. He was going to go to the left of the car. Wow. And... Um, you know, when I stepped to go to the right of the car, he actually, my friend, stepped in front of me. So naturally, I went to the left of the car. As I'm walking up on the, the driver's side of the car, I hear three gunshots, you know. And when it rang out, I actually assumed initially that it was my friend who, who shot the dude. You know, I was like, damn, you didn't even give him a chance. Well, Jeez. whatever, you know, it is what it is. We'll roll with the punches. We're very cold like that. Wow. But actually, the car wow. sped off, and I realized it was my friend that had Yo. gotten shot. And, um, you know, he was just laying there. I remember vividly, like, the sounds, the noise that he was making, and, and he was dying. And there I'm holding him, and he died in my arms, you know. And, yeah, so every time I think about that, I get a little emotional. But, um, you know, I, I that moment was very pivotal in my mm-hmm, life because mm-hmm. I had thought about it. Like, that was supposed to be me. Yep. Actually, if I went to the right of the car, I, I would have been, I probably wouldn't be here today. So, you know, That's as crazy. I seen that, I started to really think in my life, like. So, I again, back to when I used to cap and lie about stuff, I used to say that I had been, uh, I didn't do a drive-by, but I had witnessed, like, I had been shot at in a drive-by. That was a lie. There was no point in me. This was me trying Bro, why to. why are you lying about that, dude? Because I, 
me trying to be all hard and stuff, like just lying. Right. But I have been shot at before though. Yeah. It wasn't no drive by. Uh, me and my uh, one of my friends at the time was cutting through some dude's yard. He was like, "Get out of my yard!" And started shooting at us. Like, but that that was it. Um, Yo. But yeah, it's just like you know, and I hate to bring it back to rap, but like a lot of these rappers do live their lyrics starting to live live their lyrics i mean look at the young thug case you know and all of this like but then there's a lot of them who lie and you know like who's a liar uh well we can always go back to uh takashi he was a liar he was a liar like he didn't do none of that stuff so i mean you know i don't think it's cool for people to be you know capping like you hearing this man going through real stuff yeah, right and you know, it's like his friend died in his arms, you know. Yeah. So I know it's kind of a side note, but I just wanted to make that known. I know no no lying was brought up or nothing like that, but I just want to, I'm, I'm kind of, I just want to kind of use this as like, I don't know why I feel the need to say this to like anybody who might be watching this as like trying to be a thug or trying to be, you know, whatever, like. I don't, learned my lesson don't that that up. life is not for me. So I just want to push that on other people who may be trying to live that lifestyle. If you're to not be, to built, play hard, yeah. If you're not built for it, you're gonna be like uh, Will Ferrell, especially in if that Kevin Hart movie. Especially get if, hard. Especially if you're raised in the suburbs. Exactly. I wasn't raised in the suburbs, but I did live in the suburbs. I was uh, at one point. I was pretty much raised in. South Minneapolis, bro. Straight yeah. from the trenches, dude. Well, never mind. Okay, go ahead. I could feel death around the corner. You know, it didn't matter what I would do. I, I felt like my time, I was on borrowed time. I felt like I was going to die soon. And three days after that, I had received a, a letter from one of my, my friends. He's just a childhood friend. He grew up with us in the projects and Section 8. He, um, he gave me a letter that that was really eerie you know he's like mm. you know think about me when i'm gone and just saying these types of things and, and three days after that i find out that he had committed suicide in, in bro jail. wow so there was death all around me and i was feeling that you know it was creeping up on me and um you know miraculously my mom actually uh, a couple of days after these incidents had happened um her car had broken down and she was like hey johnny like um, I need you to take me to church. You know, she's a translator. She was very like involved at the time. And so I said, yeah, there's no harm in that. You know, I want to help mom out. You know, oh. I had spent all my life, you know, being bad to her. So I wanted to treat her well. So I, I took her to the church, but I told her very specifically, I don't want to be evangelized. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> talk to the pastor. Um, and so when I get that there, was me too. I remember this pastor runs out and he's like, Hey Johnny, you know, good to see you and and why don't you come on in for some food you know and they had made like some some black bean noodles and that's actually my favorite dish you know i love eating black bean noodles it sounds like his mom set him up there who know what I'm <laughs> Honestly. it's like a delicacy for us you know i grew up eating that stuff so um i was like what's the harm in eating you know but i told the pastor i don't want to hear about god i don't believe in god you know i'm buddhist etc cetera, etc cetera. so we get there and um I remember he sits down and after we finish eating, he, he asks me two questions that really kind of shocked me. You know, he said, are you a sinner? And do you know what sin is? 
And at that time, I felt <laughs> a little angry, to be honest, because I felt like that was a loaded question. Like, yeah. who yeah. is, who's not a sinner? You know, we're all born imperfect. We're all flawed as human beings. We've all made, right. you know, bad decisions in our life and stuff like that. So I kind of got mad and I told him, yeah, of course. And, and he says, so what do you think about sin? And I said, well, sin is when you do something bad and then, you know, you go against God or you, you know, shoot people, stab people, you know, lie to people. That's a sin. And he said, not so. And that was the first time that that's great. it kind of like it shook my world upside down. I was like, what do you mean? You know, this is kind of weird because that's what I always learned. Even though I wasn't Christian, uh, Catholic or anything like that, I knew that doing bad things is not, it's a no-no. You know, you don't mm -hmm. do that. But he explained to me that sin was actually twofold. Uh, the first thing is it's trusting yourself above the word of God. So trusting yourself more huh. than God, that's what sin is. And number two, it was inheritance. So he explained to me the analogy of you're Chinese. You didn't choose to be Chinese. You're born that way. Mm -hmm. Your father was Chinese. His father was Chinese, et cetera. It was passed down. Likewise, with sin, it wasn't that you did anything wrong, but your father, you know, Adam was, uh, was evil. He was sinful and then it passed down to us. So we were born as sinners. And yeah. at that time, it really made sense to me. Because my son, you know, he was like four years old at the time. And, you know, I always taught him well, you know, hey, don't don't follow the way that daddy went, you know, like be good, respect your elders, et cetera, et cetera. Never taught him how to lie, steal or do anything like that. Um, but at the age of four, you know, he loved eating gummy bears. And <laughs> I remember like he would always want gummy bears. If he could just live off of gummy bears, he would do it. But with the veggies, you know, I told him you have to eat veggies first and then you can eat some gummy bears. But I would see him trying to hide the veggies, trying to take it to the little potty and throwing it in there. And, you know, who taught him that? You know, and, and <laughs> that's what I talk about where he would he would steal the gummy bears. He would scoot the little stool over, climb on top, reach at the top of the cabinet, pull out the uh, the gummy bears. And, and I caught him red handed. I'm like, what are you doing one day? And he was like, nothing, dad, nothing. You know, so who taught him that? I never taught him any of that evil stuff, but it was part of him. And it was something that, that is so was actually normal for him, for kids to live yeah. And then right. he used the analogy of an apple tree, which really put it in perspective. He said, when you look at the seeds of an apple, where are the apples? But if you plant it, as it grows, it'll only produce apples. No matter how hard it tries, it cannot produce oranges or mangoes. Right. Likewise, when you look at a baby, where is the sin? It's very cute, it's mm -hmm. loving. But as it grows, as it matures, yeah. all you see is sin. They start to, you know. All right, this uh, is lie. so out of topic, but I like this part of like with the apples. Yeah, yeah. I feel no, you no, can, no, it's, a, I it's feel, a great analogy. I feel, you, I feel you can use this even with. I know this is, we're not talking about this, but it just came up with like even like this trans, like this uh, LGBT with the identity issue. Mm. Like, there's different types of apples. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're apples. Right. They can be. Ah, they can. They can be saying. like. Yeah. They can be. Uh, you know, chemically um, uh, modified or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, change sorry. it to like. Can you turn my headphones down just a little bit? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So. Um, okay. You can have them completely scientifically modified to right, whatever right. honey crisp or yeah. uh, green blossom or yeah. 
apple cider, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's an apple. It's an apple. Hey, I like how you tied that in. That that makes sense. That's crazy. That it, yeah. I'm gonna use right. the stuff even what he was talking about, even it's sin, bro. It's so interesting. Cheats, it is. Know, they can even murder, you know. And so when I saw that, it really made uh, a lot of sense to me as a person, and I was able to see that oh, we're just being normal. It's not that I did bad things and then I became a sinner. No, I was born flawed. I was born imperfect. And he had mentioned, you're an imperfect person trying to produce perfect results. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to fall short. Mm -hmm. So that's why I had emptiness and, and depression and loneliness inside yeah. of my heart. Because he was showing me that it wasn't these surface level things, but it was at the core of the heart. Because everything is rooted in the heart. Mm -hmm. right? Everything came from, from, from the the center so i was trying to basically put a band-aid like oh i had anger so i take anger management no if you look if you peel back the layers of an onion you'll realize that you'll yep. get to the root of it yep. which was sin produces everything yep. and i started to realize oh i was looking at it from a wrong perspective so he said it's okay you know and, and then he used analogy of like a car mm -hmm. and and he was saying that after this, uh, there's a braking system in the car, and huh? it must After overcome this, the accelerator. Otherwise, you know, if the if the accelerator overcomes the brake, we will crash, right? No one would drive that car, even if it was a Ferrari, because it has no brakes. Likewise, we are people who ha need to have self-control. Yeah. If we don't have self-control yep. and our desires are like the accelerator, mm -hmm. if it keeps going, I want to do drugs, I want to make money, then you'll, right. if you don't manage that, you'll crash out in life and you'll live miserably. Yeah, let's and go. When he was saying these things, it was hitting me in the core of my heart. Like, wow, this guy knows me, but I just met him. You know, I really didn't understand how he knew me through and through, you know? And at that yeah, time, he said... <laughs> so... It's a whole bunch of stuff, bro. You get the gist of it. Like, Ew. like I, I feel like, you know, his mom... The Holy Spirit, Jesus, like the, the the Trinity and his mom worked together and they lined him up and they got him saved pretty much is what happened. You know, like they reeled him in a little bit with the, uh, what do you say, black bean noodles? Black bean noodles, And bro. after that, it was a wrap. Like, I mean, the pastor had a, but you a know way what? with words. I really like how smooth the pastor was, bro. Exactly. Bro. Like, you That's know, what you I'm don't, saying. You don't, you don't start saying, bro, you're going to go to hell. You start exactly. saying, like, hey, what's, can you tell me what sin is? And are you sinful? Right. Right. Bro. And he was like, he knew it already. He was like, yeah, of course I have sin and all of that. He was like, but what is sin? Yeah. And he was like, well, when you do something bad, you know, it, yeah, and all like, that is like, no. When you trust yourself more than God, that's and that—that that is crazy. the best way to put sin, and that's why <laughs> Yo, people that's say insane, all the time. Like, like for example, one of the pastors, um, he said before at, at where I work at, he said before, you know, you're sinning all day, every day. You're not even conscious of it. That's why you're not. The Bible tells us not to be conscious of sin. A guilty conscience. Is an evil conscience. Yeah. You know? So when you're constantly conscious of sin and you're constantly thinking that your ways are higher than God's, that's sin. Anytime you put your thought process, your way of doing things, all of this, yep. and you try to take things into your own hands, that is sin. That's it's sin. not when you 
overeat or whatever. It's it's when you think you you know more than God. That's, That's good, bro. Honestly, dude. bro. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Go no, ahead. no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. Okay. Yeah. When he when he said that, I was like, yo. And yo. it's like, I should know this already. Yeah. And maybe I did know it at one point, but I forgot, <coughs> and that's why I said it's always nice to have a reminder. And that's, yeah, that's the thing, too. You yeah. know, sometimes you kind of have to uh, recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Because we think we're doing the right things, but exactly. we're not. Like, I, and it's crazy how every time we talk about some certain subject, like, I go through it uh, this week, you know, mm. and that's what I've been thinking, like, you know, cali- recalibrating, like, yeah. you know, cali- like, you know, making am i doing what god wants me to do am i really being good am i really being a good son of god like right sometimes it doesn't seem like it in most Mm -hmm. days but yeah dude but i like that when you trust yourself more than god that's when sin comes in and that's what i was saying too because one of the things Bruce line had pointed out is the fact that he kept saying you know he trusted in himself a lot and yeah. what and what did he just say? Exactly. When you think you're when you you know you trust yourself more than you trust God. Of course you're sinning, you know. No. So I just that was like a reality check for me and I and and a reminder and I was just like, yo. Yeah. I I cannot believe that something that simple as a reminder could just right. you know ignite a fire or whatever it's like that makes total yeah. sense yeah. as to why things yeah. are so rough sometimes because we are trying and trying and trying and trying and never achieving you just try it's exactly. andy minio's song you just try try dude i like that you song, never bro. achieve try and that's why is because we think our ways are higher than God's. Bro, dude, I love it. Yeah. Dude, and uh I got uh this thing. Well, I mean a verse. Should we do a verse? Sure. So it's basically um Paul, he's kind of like talking and saying like that don't we know that the law is spiritual? Mm-hmm. Um but I am a creature of the flesh, having yep. been sold into slavery under. For I do not understand my own actions. I do not practice or accomplish what I wish, but I do the very thing that I uh, that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what is contrary to my desire, I acknowledge and agree that the law is good and that I take sides with it. However, it is no longer I who do the deed, but the sin, which is at home in me and has possession of me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot perform it. For I fail to practice the good deeds I desire to do, but the evil... De- uh, actually, this is the one that I want to focus on. For I fail to practice the good deeds and I, that I desire to do, but the evil deeds that I do not desire to do are what I am doing. Mm. So it just shows us that, like, you know, what he was talking about, his little kid, that we already have that nature in ourselves. Mm. But 
sometimes you know we try not to do the evil deeds but eventually we end up doing it because unfortunately that is our nature but the more we are able to trust in god and i feel like that's where like we let them know look i i know i'm sinful but like help me holy spirit practice and help me be in the spirit Therefore, my flesh won't overtake it and won't start doing all these deeds I don't want to do. Right. You know, so, yeah, you know, it's it just very cool. Yeah. And I feel like we can even talk more about this, but, yeah, dude, it's it's heavy. I mean, we've been having really good topics lately, and, yeah. and, and I feel like it's very important, especially for us men. You know, I feel like most of this... I feel like this couple ones that we've been kind of like doing, we should kind of like have it in a season, in a season or a series. Yeah. Have a title like you know, yeah. I don't know, just for men or something. Yeah. <laughs> for real, you know, it's just a, you know, a song we should have played. Pride is the devil by J Cole. And pride because is the devil. that's what it all boils down to. You thinking that you you're, you know what's best for you over what God knows is best for you. Is essentially pride. That's yeah. what it is. And that's yeah. the number one thing that men have. That's the reason why he said, you know, why uh, Jeremy was saying, you know, in prison, somebody disrespects you, you got to put hands on them. It's pride. You can't feel disrespected. Yeah. You can't, you know, and all these things. That's, that's essentially what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. And I always say that I don't have pride, but anybody who says that they don't have pride, that's pride. So yeah. I'm obviously wrong in saying that because I do, I am prideful to a degree, you know, with certain things. Like if somebody, I don't know, tries to, I don't know, outwrap me or somebody yeah. tries to, and I say I'm not competitive in these things. Yeah. I may not be competitive, but I still have pride though. Yeah. And I'm still like, you know, like, nah, I need to be number one or whatever the case is. And so, that's essentially what this all boils down yep. to. And, you know, pride had this man resisting God for so long. And me too, because um, I, you know, I was one of, I was somebody like him where I didn't want to, I didn't care about church. Yeah. But I had different reasons. And um, I was just like, well, if I'm going to hell anyway, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I know guys. How to do it. <laughs> no, that's true. No, but this was good. Well, hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, you uh, got more? edification. I just want to give oh, a quick ahead. scripture uh, off what his mom was saying, you know, and I said that you have to fight for peace. I guess fighting isn't the correct term. I would say strive because um, Hebrews 12 14 says, strive for peace with everyone. Uh, and this is, um, it's, it's real honest peace, not dysfunctional conflict and avoidance. You know, this is what the Hebrew, the author of Hebrews tells us uh, in those words, pretty much. So that's to sum it up, basically. I'm not going to read the whole uh, scripture, but yeah. strive for peace with everyone. She strive for peace with, um, with his father, with her husband. And she still had her peace. She kept it. She, mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess I could use the word uh, fight because she yeah. still had it regardless. He wasn't able, no matter matter how many times he put 
uh, his hands on her, she still had peace. That's or right. at least that's what was implied she by had that Jeremy. Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's what I got for the edification. Yeah. Well, no, that's good. Yo, yeah. well, guys, um, for free to like and share yeah. this video um, and definitely uh, reach, you know, take a look at these uh, other um, interviews because they're great. Yeah. You know, they're very edif uh, edifying, and I hope, uh, you know, you all can relate to either one of these. I mean. Well, some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are just. Yeah. Literally. Like, this was, if it wasn't for Ruslan, I wouldn't have known about this, because I've seen some of the other ones, yeah. and I heard some of the other ones, and it's just like, it's literally just a conversation. Okay. But I don't know if that person got any help afterwards or whatever. Yeah. You know, so. But, yeah. Some of them may be edifying and, and stuff but uh yeah. this one definitely was i i don't i can't speak for the rest of for all of the other ones but uh yeah yeah for sure yeah, so guys well yeah man hope you enjoyed it yeah this is your episode 170 yep this was eric and i've been trey i mean every day and we just want to celebrate all right okay. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 you're right. All right. Well, Jesus. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Same time, same. <laughs>